0: You're listening to the Erasing Shame Podcast, Season 2. We are erasing shame by replacing it with honest talk about healthy living, emotionally, relationally, mentally, and personally. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Erasing Shame Podcast. My name is DJ Chuang. Thank you for joining me. and. Uh, Today I am joined with just myself, and one of the things that we do here at Erasing Shame is to have honest talk about healthy living, and part of demonstrating that honesty is unedited, unscripted conversations with people and what comes to their mind when they talk about shame. Or when the subject of shame comes up. And sometimes we'll have a season or a series that's more focused around a theme. And then other times we'll have special guests that come in uh, once uh, every other week. And occasionally a solo episode or a spring break. And on this episode I'm going to share with you one of my recent incidents where it was a day from... Hell. Actually, a day from Atlanta. And um, to share this story and monologue, I've asked Alexa to put on some background music for this podcast. And this is what's uh, playing in the background. You might be able to hear it if you're listening on earbuds. And uh, let's see. I'm deciding whether to shoot for a 30-minute episode or more of a 15-minute, or just let my story flow and see where we wind up. So I'm going to go with a third option here. So uh, one of the things that I do with my work is I travel quite a bit, probably in the 20% range, uh, at the peak of my travels as a consultant. I was logging in like 76 nights away from home, so that's one way to count my travels is how many nights away uh, I'm sleeping in someone else's bed instead of my own. And um, on on these trips, my two most recent trips, they were Airbnb beds rather than hotel beds. The majority of my stays tend to be hotel beds. Uh, It is related to my work, and I work in domain names the technical back end, and that's what pays the bill because all of us have to make a living unless we happen to be in that special 0.01% that is financially independent and don't have to work but they choose to work or don't work at all because the finances are already taken care of I don't see myself ever being there don't care to be not motivated to be um, just to get that out of the way and So I'm in Atlanta, and uh, I rent a car from the airport, happens to be Avis, and their tagline is uh, to try harder, Uh, well you'll see how it plays out. So I leave the parking lot, and uh, as soon as I leave the boundaries of the airport, Atlanta is the busiest airport in America. low pressure tire light comes on. I'm thinking, Uh. I just need the car for a few days, it'll be fine. I drove on and went about my business that day. Sleep at the big Airbnb house called the Buckhead Goat House. They actually have a Facebook page with two goats on the front yard. Beautiful place to stay if you have a large group. Very affordable. Great location, little Atlanta Street. travel tip for you. Well, had a decent night's sleep, not great, decent. And then I wake up to a flat tire on the right rear of the rental car. And I'm feeling shame about the thing because I had the rental car that was supposed to shuttle and provide the carpool to my fellow um, residents at the house and we were going to the same conference and now I have egg on my face and I'm saying, well guys you you take care of yourself, get an Uber or Lyft or whatever rideshare thing of your choice I have to take care of this flat wheel. And My shame story has been um, pretty much a lifetime thing and shame is just a feeling like we said in the previous episode but it sure is a painful feeling and depending on your life situation, your nature and nurture, the uh, my immediate reaction, my immediate feeling and uh, thought, and feelings and thoughts are very interlaced and interrelated, is um, to feel shame when I make a mistake or something bad happens to me. Um, the words that come to mind is, what's wrong with me? What did I do wrong? And uh, it's not a good thing. And so I have uh, been working with a therapist to help rewire my brain. And all of us, the way the brain works and the way the feelings are tied into that is we're all telling ourselves a story. Whether it's a story that came from our, uh, someone in our family or a story from an influential person in our lives or a story we make up ourselves because of our own uh, imagination or brain brain chemistry so that's a story I tell myself and uh, for for years the the way one of my mentors described it was uh, what is DJ doing sitting in the corner beating himself up with a hammer having a pity party and that that has been embedded in my nature, instinctual nature, for years and years. And I'm very grateful that in recent years that I've um, begun to come out of that, that it is uh, less of an instinctual reaction, and I can catch myself now and pause, take a deep breath, and reground myself and recalibrate. And it takes a lot of practice. It's still a very conscious and intentional effort when those negative thoughts and feelings get triggered. So um, just to give you a behind-the-scenes, inside the mind of someone who is still uh, in that journey of erasing shame as part of living uh, in this human condition um, or human situation, uh, let's see. So I'm sitting inside with the flat tire waiting on roadside assistance. Um, wait through the phone tree and testing my patience with all of that. And trying to spell the name of the street, which is impossible to spell or say. Um, eventually, the guy comes to replace the tire. I know I could have just, you know... Uh, change Changing the T-shirt and replace the tire myself, but that, that's that's not right. You know, I I pay for the rental car roadside assistance. It's their responsibility. So I instead of doing the instinctual thing for me to just jump in and fix it because I could, um, I I respected the I allowed the responsibility of the rental car company to take care of that thing, and uh, the guy comes. Uh, he has one of these pneumatic lifts and those automatic drills so it felt like I was on a pit stop for a minute and he changed, it, changed out the tire, put on the spare in under a minute and uh, we were on our way so that was pretty cool. I wanted to get to the venue first because I wanted to catch my friend Kenny Jang uh, giving a talk on communication and social media and uh, the change on the internet that you're not paying attention to I had a link in the show notes uh, with some of the thoughts that he shared and um, I listened to the talk and you know constantly on the back of my mind or actually in the front of my mind is this flat or no longer flat tire but a donut spear tire on my rental car and I've got a couple more days in Atlanta so I need a normal tire on the car to get around because you're not supposed to drive on a spare tire for long and you can't drive very fast on a spare tire according to the rules. Sometimes I obey the rules. Um, So lunchtime was my next window of opportunity. So I I got to see my friend speak, did a great job. Uh, Some people said it was the highlight of the conference. Uh, One person even said, what would this conference be like without Kenny? (laughs) Uh, Amazing. He's quite an amazing guy. So uh, lunchtime, I take I take a break, leave the venue, find the nearest Avis uh, dealer. Or, they're not dealers. the are Avis um, Red Car Station uh, at a nearby hotel. Uh, I wind through the parking lot. It took me um, well over 15 minutes to get to the counter. And once I got to the counter, I describe my situation. And the lady says, Sorry, we don't have any cars to switch you out with. And she left it at that. She didn't give me instructions on what to do or how they could help. Didn't seem to try harder, uh, unfortunately. And so uh, I I walk away, have to figure out on my own. I pull up my smartphone, look for another Avis dealer nearby. This time, instead of making the effort to get there to the counter, I made a phone call good tip for you there uh, young people so when you're traveling and you have to deal with something actually good for older people too I, I, I I can think of several right now people who are older than me it would be wiser more time efficient energy saving to make a phone call instead of driving all the way to the counter of the place where you have a question okay a question can be answered on the phone even though you gotta wait through voicemail tree much faster than driving to a destination 30 minutes or 60 minutes away. Okay, so I realized no Avis station around Atlanta has another car for me to switch out even though it's their fault and the way they keep their inventory is all the cars are at the airport. Okay. So I'm thinking through the rest of the conference schedule. When is my next opportunity to drive out to Atlanta? I didn't want to miss more of the conference, as I already have, because of this uh, lunch excursion, interruption, disruption. And I uh, decide to drive to the Atlanta airport after 4 o'clock when the conference ended for that first day. Well, wouldn't you know it? As I'm working my way down the uh, road, I'm in Buckhead, which is north of Atlanta. The airport is on the south side of Atlanta, and traffic in Atlanta is pretty terrible. So I'm driving right into stopped traffic—not stop-and-go, but stopped traffic—in the middle of Atlanta, working my way down to airport took well over an hour again testing my patience again those little voices of shame cloud my thinking and I have to keep shooing the clouds of shame away and get down to the airport gas up because i don't pay for the full tank return the car the lady who checked in my car was very friendly uh, was attentive to my um, flat tire on the window with that white magic marker and hands me the ticket and I go back to the counter ready to switch out the car. So some of these rental car stations they have a preferred service uh, for the frequent renters and then they have a counter inside the rental car center. I walk up to the preferred service counter, tell the lady of the situation. I said, I just returned my car. I still have a few more days on my uh, rental contract. Uh, can you give me a replacement car? And she says, no, sorry. Uh, your ticket got closed out when you returned the car and uh, we don't have a car for you. What? And then she makes mention of, well, you should have told the lady that you were coming in to get a car replacement. I was like, well, how am I supposed to know that? And the lady, while she did take great care of me when she checked in the car, didn't um, put a notice on that ticket to say, well, this is just a temporary um, check-in and he's going to get a replacement. And uh, Man, painful situation. Oh, I forgot to mention the lunchtime uh, incident as well. So let me um, go back to that. But um, let me finish this part. So uh, I'm feeling bad about myself. So uh, when my instinctual feelings come, I feel bad about myself. I verge on self-loathing. I derail. I freeze. And those are my natural reactions to negative situations, learning to replace that thought, and it takes quite a bit of training. So think of a consultant or a therapist as a coach, and my therapist has been a great coach, very helpful for the past, uh, especially past two years, and uh, I've been working with the same therapist for four, going on five years now. Not every week, but uh, sometimes more regularly than others, working around my travel schedule, uh oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? That's what ran through my head for the next couple minutes. Ah, idea. Pull out my smartphone, look up kayak. Let me see if I can pull up another rental car for the next two days. No cars available in Atlanta. What? The busiest airport? Atlanta Airport had no rental cars available to rent. According to Kayak. oh, another setback. Uh, what am I going to do now? Okay. Um, after a minute, so I shortened that minute for you, I sighed. Oh, I could walk up to the Avis counter and maybe someone else could help me. And someone else did. Now, I had to wait patiently. It took uh, over 20 minutes. She took care of my... Rental car replacement. I was too tired by that time. I wasn't going to argue for a free upgrade or anything like that. And so I take a car that she got me. Didn't care what it was. It was the same class. Didn't care what color it was. It's very hard to get an orange car. I have a biased preference for orange. And uh, uh, just just as I'm about to step away, I glance down at the rental car agreement and it's over 500 bucks for two more days what what is going on and uh, step back to the counter I say ma'am I had a contract it was a 130 ish Um, can you double check this Um, I think I want to be paying 500 even though it's a business trip Um, I can't do that because I work for a non-profit on this particular trip uh she she i think she apologized and then um, fixed the contract i walk away have a new rental car car replacement with many fewer miles which is great um don't think it had any extra features It, it was clean so and so on went on with the rest of the day but it was a day from hell remember i mentioned that so lunchtime. um was the most painful part of the day. So these few incidents that I've shared with you so far, embarrassing. Embarrassing is right next to shame for some of us. For me, they're pretty close. Uh, The way my feelings are have been habituated and socialized and rehearsed. Um, Lunchtime. So after coming back from the hotel, Going back to the conference venue because I didn't want to miss more of the conference. I park at the garage across the street because the venue garage had a sign "No Venue Parking." I kind of skirted that a little bit, a little fuzzy with that particular rule because I saw more parking spaces in the venue garage. But this time I would uh, be a good citizen and follow the rules and park across the street. Well, across the street was further than I thought. And uh, after I parked, walked down, um, worked my way to the street, turns out there's quite a bit of construction. And turns out that the sidewalk was closed. I don't recall seeing a sign saying the sidewalk was closed. And so I proceed to walk along the road on the inside or I should say the outside between the car and the turnpike um, concrete, you know, side roadblock thing. And um, I mean, it's it's wider than your typical parking space gap between cars, right? So I thought I was okay. A little creative. Uh, I walked down. It was uh, just a bit longer than a city block. And then there's a police officer at that corner directing traffic. She sees me coming towards her. Starts yelling at me. I can't make out what she says. Uh, It wasn't because of the southern accent. I don't think there was one. And she yells at me can't you read the road the sidewalk is closed what are you doing in the road and and she yells at me do you know what you did this is this is a ticket uh, of uh, for two fifty eight dollars uh, what is wrong with you would you let your kids kid do that would um do you do you know the law um, she said a few other things I was just shocked so I, I can't recall all of it. And I'm standing there with nothing to say because my natural reaction is to freeze. I answered her questions as quickly as I could. No, I'm sorry, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. What do I do now? And Meanwhile, the traffic is being held up because she's directing traffic. So not only am I feeling bad for myself, I'm feeling bad for all these other cars, probably 50 to 100 cars being held up because... The traffic officer is having a conversation with me because I broke the law with jaywalking or whatever it might be called. (sighs) She showed me a sign of grace and uh, directed me to walk all the way back to where I came from and uh, come, come back towards the intersection on a sidewalk on the other side of the road that was open. With my head down, I walked back to where I came from, and I didn't want to see her again, feeling the shame of the incident. And I at the next intersection, and I'm trying to get around the garage building, because I can't get back to the garage because the whole sidewalk was closed. I try to walk back around, and wouldn't you know it, the whole, Backside of the building and the adjacent uh, housing complex suburbia were all walled off. And I wasn't about to try to climb walls. Uh, I was dressed up for a conference. I lowered my head, cross back the sidewalk, walk back to the intersection where the lady was still directing traffic. I think she knew who I was, but she didn't stare at me, didn't acknowledge me, just allowed me to walk in my own, uh, to, to my destination. I think I tried to blend in with a few other people so I didn't stand out walking alone. And uh, get back to venue, had a good lunch. It, be, it was either tacos or, or barbecue that was on the menu. I can't remember what was on that particular day. Uh, great food, great conference. Uh, the hospitality was incredible. The uh, great first impression, great f- guest services. <laughs> and irony is, there's a, a, another conference uh, I heard of called First Impressions, and uh, sorry, the first impression there wasn't as good as the one at uh, this particular conference I was in Atlanta. So uh I think that's all I want to share about my shameful day in Atlanta recently. Uh, it's so shameful I haven't told many people that I know around me and then here I'm telling the world and uh, I've come to a resolve uh, in my own heart and mind so having processed that then it I think it can be appropriate to share publicly. Uh, It's a bit comical. You might have laughed. You might have cried. You might have related to some of this. Um, Hey, have a laugh at my expense. It's okay. Don't take life so seriously. And that's been another thing I'm learning in uh, my Erasing Shame journey. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Uh, I'd love to hear from you uh, here at Erasing Shame. At a third conference I went to, Uh, I got to meet some people who had heard uh, some episodes of Erasing Shame, and they really uh, applauded and encouraged us in the effort of what we're trying to do here. Again, we have no staff, no budget, but the conversation is too important to wait for all the resources to come in. But if you'd like to volunteer, we have some back-end stuff and even um, front-end stuff. If you've got a compelling story you'd like to share or someone you think would uh, help us unpack the many layers of erasing shame. Please uh, send a recommendation. You know how to reach us. We're on Facebook, YouTube, and on the web at erasingshame.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Subscribe, share, uh, add a comment. Uh, We'll keep it confidential if you want to. We'll share it if you like to share it. So until next week, uh, we're Erasing Shame, Having Honest Talk for Healthy Living. Uh, encourage you to take that next step towards healthy living for yourself. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Erasing Shame. Please subscribe on iTunes or YouTube and like us on Facebook. Share this podcast with someone you care about. For all of our episodes and more, visit our website at erasingshame.com.